Hello, everyone. I recorded this episode on Saturday afternoon, but I wanted to add in a quick message that was not in the original recording. Our soccer community lost a young man far too soon. Evan Edwards of Council Bluffs, Iowa, passed away from injuries sustained in a car accident. This is a tragedy that I don't have a lot of words for. Evan was a freshman on the Buena Vista University men's soccer team, and he appeared in 13 games for the Beavers this past fall. He was a graduate of Lewis Central in Council Bluffs and played club soccer in our community. Please keep the Edwards family, Evan's friends, and all those affected by his passing in your thoughts during this time. to season four episode nine of nebraska soccer talk last week's episode was our most listened to episode since our high school soccer season review from last spring we hope to keep building those numbers so remember to rate review subscribe and share if you like this content and want to see more please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com nebraska underscore talk you can also support us through our venmo we have another great episode today and we are switching up the order of our segments so let's rock and roll We are going to start this week's episode with Nebraska soccer news, then we will get into the high school soccer preview, and we will end with another great interview. As a reminder, this week is the week of free education being offered by Nebraska State Soccer Association. The week of education starts Monday, February 28th. This is the last day to register for the week of education. Go to Nebraska State Soccer's Twitter page or their website to register and for more information. We have quite a bit of professional news to talk about. Creighton, Ralston, and Gretna Elite Academy alumni Diego Gutierrez has officially signed a professional contract with MLS's Portland Timbers. Gutierrez was the Timbers' second pick in the 2021 MLS draft. He did return for his last year at Creighton. Gutierrez appeared in all three of the Timbers' preseason games before signing a one-year deal with the club. The contract also includes three club option years. The Timbers finished second in MLS last season, losing in the MLS Cup Final last year to New York City FC. Omaha women's soccer, Andrea Daves, becomes the first Maverick women's player to sign a professional contract. The forward from Denver, Colorado, has signed with Madrid Club Football Femenino. Daves was a standout for the Mavericks on and off the field, earning multiple individual accolades, including graduating as the program's all-time leader in assists. Madrid Club Football Femenino currently plays in the top division of Spanish League Soccer. They finished in seventh place last season ahead of big clubs like Sevilla, Valencia, Real Betis, and Espanol. Finally, in local professional news, Union Omaha has signed Jamaican international Chavane Willis. Willis is the club's first player acquisition in the international transfer market. Willis has competed in both the Jamaican National Premier League and the USL Championship. He has been capped seven times by the Jamaican national team. Union Omaha's home opener is on April 23rd against Central Valley Fuego FC. Staying local, we can let you know that Sporting Nebraska has announced several new players for their UWS roster this summer. Peyton Steffen, Gabby Grimaldi, Hannah King, Ella Pelletier, and Megan Kenny were all announced to the Sporting UWS roster. Steffen and Grimaldi compete for Creighton University, and they started every match for the Blue Jays this past season. King appeared in 16 matches for Summit League champion South Dakota State University. 
Pelletier has completed a successful career at Iowa Western Community College and is headed to Bellevue University next fall. And Kenny competes for Eastern Illinois University. Finally, before we get into the high school soccer preview, I have some brief college news to touch on. The Huskers open their spring season with a goal-filled 3-3 tie against the Summit League champion South Dakota State University. As a reminder, all spring games for the Huskers are open to the public and admission is free. The University of Nebraska-Omaha men's team posted four transfer signings this week. Gonzalo Cuevas, Mathis Pilon, San Luis, Xander Glynn, and Will Curtis. We covered Cuevas on a previous episode, but Glynn returns to the Omaha area after competing at Iowa Western Community College and then transferring to UMKC. Curtis is a transfer from Grandview University, while San Luis is a transfer from American International. You can read more about the Mavericks signings on their website. This week's high school soccer preview is brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports. Fleet Feet Sports is a local, family-owned and operated store that is part of a network of specialty running, walking, and fitness stores across the country. Fleet Feet serves a wide range of active individuals from people who are on their feet at work, to those who go on leisurely walks, to those who are running marathons. Fleet Feet will help you stay healthy and active. Fleet Feet has locations in Omaha and Lincoln, and for more information, visit www.fleetfeet.com. We start this week's preview with last year's state semifinalists, the Gretna High School Dragons. The Dragons finished 16-4 and last spring, losing to Omaha South in the semifinals. Carter Hinman, Patrick Long, and Cedar Moyer are all graduated, but the Dragons still return Benedictine College-bound Alex Scharf and Carson Poole in goal and defense. Sophomore Brett Perkins will be their leading point returner after tallying eight goals and eight assists last season. Poole, Perkins, and Scharf and freshman Michael Stukenholtz were recognized with individual postseason accolades last year. Gretna start their season in the same quad tournament as Westside, and they do have a pretty tough schedule generally with games against Omaha Bryan, Millard West, Creighton Prep, Westside, and Omaha South. I do expect Gretna to be in the mix for Morrison. Next over to Elkhorn, we will check on the one Class A team there. Elkhorn South finished 7-8 and eight last season with their best win coming over Millard North. Unfortunately for the Storm, they were winless and shut out in all of their matchups versus state tournament teams last year. They graduate one-third of their varsity roster, but their leader in points and goals, Carter Petit, returns for the Storm, as does honorable mention Karshan Shakon. The Storm have a very similar schedule to last year, and to make strides, they're going to want to try to get results against Millard South and Millard North. Back into Omaha for the final two OPS schools that we haven't covered yet, Omaha Benson and Omaha Burke. First, let's go to Benson. The Bunnies were 5-12 and last season, but three of those wins came against Omaha North. The Bunnies are relatively young, losing only three seniors to graduation last year, which is good for them, especially in the goal-scoring department. They returned their top five leaders in points, goals, and assists, including junior captain Cree Ta. Benson is playing in three invitationals and metros, so the schedule isn't full of 100% games that I can talk about. They do open up uh, with a relatively difficult opener, I think, against Millard South. Down to Burke, who finished 10-10 and last season. They notched a couple solid wins against Kearney and Districts, as well as a win over Omaha Northwest and Columbus Scotus. They were very close to state, losing to Millard South at the end of the year. They graduated about one-third of their varsity roster, but they returned Class A honorable mention captain goalkeeper John Warden, who has been receiving college interest, including a recent offer from Midland University. They graduated their top point getters, but Class A honorable mention Jonathan DeLuna returns as a junior this year, and I expect to see him on the score sheet. I will be interested to see Burke on the field this year before kind of figuring out where I see them falling. 
We head out west to check in on the Millard School District and the three Class A Millard schools. First, we check in with Millard North. Millard North went 8-10 last year, with their season ending at the hands of Omaha South and Districts. I had the chance to watch Millard North a couple times last season, and I thought they were right on the cusp. They played a lot of the state tournament teams tough, even in losses. They also scored wins over Gretna and Millard South. Unfortunately, losses to Omaha Central, Papio South, and Elkhorn South were all games they would probably want back. Mustangs only graduated five, and they returned some key pieces, including Drury commit Braden Wright. They also add South Dakota School of Mines commit Daniel Freitas in goal. Honorable mentions Ben Howard and Jaden Rilantono return as players to watch. Millard North faces some good challenges early in Creighton Prep and Millard South. To have a successful year, the Mustangs must beat the teams that they should beat and then knock off a couple of those other big state tournament contenders. Millard South finished last season at 13-6 and and provided a great send-off and storyline with their longtime head coach, Jim Cooney, retiring. Along with the retirement of Cooney, Captain Cole Lamel and goalkeeper Efren Flores are gone through graduation, but the Patriots do return a large chunk of their roster, including their four leaders in points, Ryan Lee, Simon McLennan, Zach McLanathan, and Giovanni Herrero. Lee and Mac Weaver are both returning honorable mention players. The difference between Millard South and Millard North last year is that last year South beat who they were supposed to and then got some big wins over Creighton Prep and Lincoln Southeast. I expect them to be in the mix again for Morrison this year. Finally, last but not least, the other Millard State Tournament team from last season, Millard West. Millard West finished 10-8, but they were especially clutch at the end of the year with big wins over Papio and Lincoln East. Their game versus Lincoln East was right up there for drama with the Gretna and Bryan game of last year. The Wildcats only graduate five, but one of those was Kaiten Tuba, is a, and he's a big loss in the attack. The highly decorated attacker led the Wildcats in goals and assists, and while the Wildcats return their next two highest point getters, Johnson, Lou, and Regan Hawkins, that's going to be a lot to replace. Midland commit goalkeeper Sean Beattie also returns from Millard West, and he split time with classmate Cody Fuller in goal. Fuller was a second-team All-Metro boys selection, and he is yet to, yet to commit, so the, the Wildcats are pretty set in the goalkeeper department. Honorable mention players Mitch Baird and Cole Kirshner also return for the Wildcats. Uh, I expect Millard West to make a good run at the first state tournament berth again this year. We head down to Papillion to check in with our last two Class A Metro schools. First, the Papillion La Vista Monarchs. The Monarchs finished 8-9 and nine last year. Unfortunately, none of their wins came against state tournament teams on their schedule. Honorable mentions Jackson Mann and Caleb Walker return for the Monarchs. Mann led Papio in points last season with 28 points from 9 goals and 10 assists. The Monarchs have an all-metro schedule this spring. And of course, the game that has to be circled is the Papio Derby with Papillion La Vista South. Speaking of the Titans, they went 9-8 last season and lost a close district game with state finalist Lincoln Southwest. The Titans started off hot in the first half of the season going 7-2, but stumbled in the second half going 2-6 with a five-game losing streak. The Titans lose Peyton Hylock, Chance Hergott, Jack Red, and Alex Eby to graduation, but return key players Andre Santamaria and Gus Kriegler. The Titans will want to recapture the first half of last year's form if they hope to make waves this year. Between last week's episode and this week, that rounds out the Class A Metro Boys teams. We are going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to head out to check in on the outstate Class A teams before circling back to Lincoln to finish up the Class A Boys preview. If you missed the first half of the Metro preview, be sure to check out last week's episode. Welcome back to the high school preview segment of Nebraska Soccer Talk, and we are deep into the high school boys Class A preview. We're going to move out of the Omaha metro area and into the outstate teams. This group includes Grand Island, North Platte, 
Kearney, Fremont, Norfolk, and Columbus. First up, we're going to take a look at the only team of that group to reach the state tournament last year, the Grand Island Islanders. Last season, the Islanders finished 8-6 and six and earned the 8th seed in the state tournament. The Islanders graduated standouts Anthony Acosta, Roberto Lindemann, and Diego Salas. However, they do return their goal-scoring phenom and one of the top goal scorers in the state, Javier Bade. Javier was a guest on our podcast, so go back and uh, check out that episode. Um, the Islanders also return literal defensive giant and Class A honorable mention, Jalen Jensen in the back. Bade is one of the most decorated returning players in the state alongside Omaha South's Edwin Cisneros. The Islanders kick off their season with the matchup that ended their season as they take on Lincoln Southwest. If Bade stays healthy and free from the defenders, expect the Islanders to be in the mix for Morrison again this year. The Norfolk Panthers finished 7-8 last season, their best win being a 3-2 win over South Sioux City. They lost honorable mention and points goals and assist leader Arturo Castro to get graduation, but they return honorable mention Ben Schoener. We will know more about Norfolk after the first five games. At the end of March, they travel to Grand Island before hosting Lincoln East. After that, they won't see any powerhouse opponents until Lincoln Southwest at the end of the regular season. The Columbus Discoverers went 6-7 and seven last season. They didn't have any notable wins or wins over state tournament teams. The Discoverers do have the chance to make some noise even as a small town team. They only graduated five off of last year's team. They returned their top two point getters in Alex Ortiz and Israel Robledo. They also returned their goalkeeping. Things like this are vital for success for smaller schools in Class A. Moving back south to Fremont, Fremont finished 6-10 and last season, with their best win being over Class B, South Sioux City. The Tigers graduate almost half of their varsity roster, but they return a majority of their honorable mention players from last season. Goalkeeper Caleb Kirby, attacker Joel Barcenas, and defender Alexander Legenfeld. Barcenas was third in points last season, with the Tigers graduating their top two in that category. Looking at Fremont's schedule, they are going to have to find a way to compete and sometimes beat the top teams out of Lincoln. Finally, we go back out west to check in on Kearney and North Platte. First up, the Kearney Bearcats. The Bearcats were the only outstate team other than Grand Island with a winning record, finishing 9-7. Kearney had good wins over both Lincoln Southeast and Grand Island last year, as well as pushing state runner-ups Lincoln Southwest all the way before losing 2-1. The Bearcats graduated about a third of their varsity roster, including honorable mention Connor Hibbert and Caden Lawn. They do return Ryland Garrett, who is the leader in goals, points, and assists. We should have a good idea of where the Bearcats stand after the 10-day stretch in April when they play Lincoln Southwest, Lincoln Southeast, and Grand Island. Finally, we have the North Platte Bulldogs. The Bulldogs finished 8-10 last spring, with their best win coming at the end of the season versus Lincoln East. The Bulldogs returned three of their top five point getters from last year, but graduated about a third of last year's varsity roster. The Bulldogs opened with Lincoln Southeast, Kearney, and Omaha Central. All decent tests for the North Platte team. Similar to other teams in this preview, North Platte is going to need to find a way to beat the heavy hitters on their schedule to make that jump from competitive team to state tournament team. We're going to take another quick break before we head back to cover the seven Lincoln programs, and then that will be the completion of our Class A Boys Preview. We are back headed to the capital city to take a look at the seven remaining high schools. Again, we will start in an obvious place with state champion runner-ups Lincoln Southwest. The Silverhawks finished 17-1 with their only loss coming in the state final in a memorable 3-2 classic game against Omaha South. Southwest were senior heavy last year, but they still return 
a good group of players with a lot of standout players, including Leighton Jepsen, Braden Kramer, and Quinton Kniss. Lincoln Southwest has a reasonably challenging schedule again, but I do expect them to be at Morrison in May. Staying with state tournament teams, and in the south of Lincoln, we move east to check out Lincoln Southeast. The Knights finished 11-5 before being bounced from the state tournament by Gretna. The Knights only graduate three players, but two of those were honorable mention players. The Knights do return their three leaders in points and Emmett Anderson, who is their honorable mention goalkeeper. I think the Knights were fortunate to get by Westside last year, as that was one of the toughest district matchups to call at the end of last season. Um, But they were a solid squad, and I do think they are still a solid squad this season, and they should be in in the mix for a trip to Morrison again. Moving north, we check in with Lincoln High. If you want a more full preview of expectations for Lincoln High um, and also a couple players to watch, be sure to check out the episode with one of their assistants, Coach Steve Poynton. The Lynx finished 9-7 and seven overall last spring with solid wins over Omaha Bryan and Grand Island. They returned honorable mention goalkeeper Andres Moreno and attackers Ronan Parks and Cal Luce. They lost 10 players to graduation, including talisman Ian Becerra. High faces early tests, so we will know what they are made of quickly this spring. Next, we check in on the smallest Class A school and one of two private schools that compete in Class A, Lincoln Pius. Pines finished five and eight last spring. They started strong. They started strong at four and one, but faltered down the stretch with a one and seven finish. Uh, their best win was over inner city rival Lincoln High. I don't really have a ton of information on Pius because they didn't have stats updated on Max Prep. They do return honorable mention Morgan Armagost and Mike Weibel to the team this season. Back over to the public schools, we finished with the Class A boys preview with Lincoln East, Lincoln North Star, and Lincoln Northeast. We will start with the team that I think is going to make the most noise out of the three and had the best season last spring. Lincoln East graduated, or sorry, Lincoln East finished last season 11 and five overall with wins over Westside and Lincoln Southeast. The Spartans only graduate two of their varsity players from last season and they returned standout captain Braden McPhail. They will have to find a way to replace Hader Albarakat's 31 points, but if they can do that, they should be sitting pretty good. They have a more challenging schedule this spring than last spring, but if they can repeat last year's performances and stay consistent, they're going to put themselves in a position to play their way into state when districts come around. Moving north, the Lincoln Northeast Rockets finished 4-10 overall last season. The one of their four wins came against Solid Carney. They also graduated their honorable mention leading goal scorer, Ayad Kermash. The Rockets will need to do a lot to factor in the road to Morrison, but last year proved they are capable of possibly playing spoiler. They open up with Lincoln East, which will be a good measuring stick for them. The last team of our Class A boys soccer preview is the Lincoln North Star Navigators. North Star finished 2-13 overall. They scored an overtime win over Omaha Benson and an upset win over Omaha Burke. There wasn't much for stats for Lincoln North Star, and there was no roster listed. I hope you all enjoyed the preview of the Class A boys soccer teams. Next week, we'll start the Class A girls preview. Don't worry, we will get to the Class B boys and girls as well. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. If you are able to support, please consider contributing to our Patreon or Venmo so that we can continue to provide the best coverage as possible for our awesome high school boys and girls soccer programs. This week's preview is brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports. One of the most common injuries I see in young athletes is overuse injuries. This is brought on by a combination of poor training habits and poor training footwear. Fleet Feet Sports can definitely help with the latter. There are locations in both Omaha and Lincoln. Check out their locally owned and operated stores in person or online at www.fleetfeet.com. Last but not least, we have 
hit this week's interview. This week I had the opportunity to chat with former Miller North Mustang and current University of South Alabama player, Ocean Sherlison. Ocean has had such has had such a cool story, and I'm excited to share it with all of you. Ocean has competed internationally in the Belgium national team setup, as well as with a club team over in Belgium. And she has competed for Miller North and Sporting Nebraska. And then she graduated this past December to head down to the University of South Alabama early. But enough of me sharing her story. Let's get to the interview so she can share her story with you. On today's podcast, I welcome on Ocean Shrozen, former Millard North Mustang and former Sporting Nebraska youth player, now at the University of South Alabama. Ocean, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. And I'm excited to have you. Uh, you know, I've known you and your, your dad uh, since I moved to Nebraska. You actually came to Wayne State camp when you were like a seventh grader. So um, it's kind of fun to have you have full circle, have you on the show. Um, we're going to start by having our listeners get to know you a little bit better, just with some rapid fire questions. And we're going to dive right into some of the more serious ones. Uh, where's What's your uh, position on the field down at U- University of South Alabama? I am going to be playing right or left outside back. Okay. Now a two-part question. What's your favorite food since you've been down in Alabama and what's something that you miss from back home or Belgium? Um, I just miss all the food in Belgium. I'm going to be honest. I haven't really explored much of Mobile yet. Okay. So, but my favorite. Pending on that. What's your favorite from Belgium? What's your favorite from Belgium then? Um, probably something my great grandmother cooks for me. It's just a Belgian meal. It's basically a potato salad and then a green bean tomato salad. Oh, that sounds good. What's your favorite subject in school? Um, I'd have to say English right now. Okay. Out of all my college courses that I'm taking. Yeah. A little bit different than high school. Yes. And then last but not least, I know you're down in Mobile now, but what when you're back in Omaha, what's your favorite thing to do in Omaha outside of soccer? Um, I like to go to the gym. I like to hang out with my friends, just just the basic stuff. Very I'm, cool. It's going to be fun to get back and see all my friends when I come right. home. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that as because you've you've taken you're taking a different journey than a lot of normal high school students, but your journey was already different from the, the kind of the beginning, and that's what we're going to start about. So you went over to Belgium. Can you, can you let the listeners know when, when you went over and, I, and when you came back? So I left um, beginning of September of 2020. Okay. And then I came back beginning of November 2020. I was actually supposed to be in Belgium from September to December. But because of COVID, I had to come home early because everything got completely shut down and I could have right. been in lockdown over there. Which, so. would, which would not have been, which would not have been great. Um, no. I, I, I know this, but I kind of want the, the listeners to learn more about you. How did, how did the move to Belgium come about? How do you qualify for like a Belgium passport? So my dad is actually from Belgium. He was mm-hmm born there and he moved to the United States when he was eight about. So I, the first time I went to Belgium, I was in seventh grade. I got called up to the, for an international camp there. So, and then I made my international debut in 
November of 2019 and I played against Norway. And then my dad had started looking for me to just do like a training session with a club over there. And then we got in talks with K.A. Ghent. That's who I played for. Yep. And it was kind of up in the air because of COVID. They started talking about it um, when the pandemic pandemic first started. So it was kind of last minute. It all got finalized within a week. So I basically had to pack up my whole life into one suitcase and move across the world. So I, I found out like on a Wednesday and then I got on a plane like that following Saturday and I was off and then I was just living over there. And, so, and, and who, who are you living with when you're over in Belgium? So that's the funny thing is that I was actually living in like student living kind of, it was, okay. it's called internet. Okay. That's where I stayed, but I was only staying there Monday through Friday because it closed down on the weekends. So I ended up staying with a host family, which I'm so grateful for them because they didn't have to do that at all. Mm -hmm. So, and her family actually, they play, her daughter played with me at the national team. Okay. So I met her through there. Very cool. What, what were the training sessions like, or what was the environment like both for the club and for, and for playing for the country? So playing for the club, it was definitely very different than what I was used to because you're playing with girls that are in their twenties. They're like, they're (laughs) trying to make a name for themselves at the club. So it was very different. I would say like the speed of play is completely different. The coaching tactics and all just all of it was completely different because one, they were speaking a different language. They, they were speaking Dutch and I don't know Dutch at all. So that's what I was going to ask you. Do you, do you know, you don't know Dutch at all? No. Okay. So that would make it difficult. Yeah. So a bunch of them took me underneath their wing basically. And they, they, they could speak English to me. So they spoke English to me. They taught me a few words in Dutch, just so like just soccer words. Yep. But other than that, it was a very amazing experience that I got. Yeah, you know, so, it was a short amount of time, but yeah, something that uh, you know a lot of people don't get to experience. And then, um, where where do you obviously what was what, what do you think the what was the best part of the experience for you? The best part was I I don't think I could pick one honestly. I I got to see all of Belgium. I got my host family basically took me to different parts of Belgium when we didn't have games and stuff. And I got to see all the different cities and I got to, I just had to be like a tourist, but I was living there. Was your dad jealous that you were getting to do that stuff? Um, I think he was more excited for me Good. that I was getting to <laughs> kind of pursue playing professionally before I graduated high school. Cause it's always been a dream of mine to play professionally. So yep. I got a taste of it. So I can, so I know that's what I actually want to do after I graduate. Is it still still what you want to do now? Yes. (laughs) That's good though. You got, you got, you got that, you got to get that hunger a little bit by getting a Mm -hmm. little bit of the taste of the action. Um, What was the toughest experience? Obviously like you're going through this whole thing with, with the COVID pandemic, but was there other things that were difficult about it outside of that? Um, I would say being away from my family because I was still 16. Yep. When I first moved over. So basically my dad was only supposed to stay for a week. So 
we got there, hung out with my great grandmother for a couple of days. I went to a couple of training sessions before I moved into like my dorm. Yeah. I guess is yeah. the easiest way to put it. But so my dad basically kind of just left me at my host family because they they didn't really get a chance to like formally meet mm-hmm. correctly because it was so short notice. So I would just say the hardest part was being in a different country, not speaking the language and just being away from my friends and family. But yeah. it was a big step that I had to take. I think it's definitely helped me down here in Mobile because I'm away say, from everyone. So as I say, it probably helped with that adjustment to college because it's very similar, except at least in Mobile, you're in the same country and it's not, you're not a world away. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess my kind of shifting gears, you're back, you come back home, you know, um, I'm sure you started some club training, I'm guessing when things, yes. were, once things started opening up um, and then you rejoined Millard North. I know, I remember, I remember coming to a game and, and seeing your dad taking pictures, um, mm-hmm. not recognizing him and him not recognizing me right away. Cause we were both wearing hats and masks. Um, but then talking to him and I was like, well, where is ocean? And he's like, Oh, he, she's sitting out. Um, I didn't. And as, so how was it hard having to sit out uh, those first few days, those games and prep like leading up to getting to play? Yeah, it was, it was because I I knew I could help, but there was nothing I could do because I had to sit. Right. Because I was technically a transfer, even though I was already at Miller North before. Yeah. But so- I had to I had to sit for those ninety days. It was just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I absolutely loved watching the girls and just watching them form and build their bond and just watching them beat every beat the people that we did beat before I got there. But it's it was more just my character because I, I like being on the field. I like, I just love being out there so much that it was just kind of, I didn't like just sitting on the bench. Yeah, you're a competitor wanting to be there. And um, yeah. I know like generally like overall the whole season, you all at Miller North had an up and down season, but the ups were high. I mean like the Metro tournament run where you, you ran, got, you got all the way to the end. Um, and then even the state tournament, what, what about the team, made you so good when it came to tournament time um I think it was I'm gonna give a lot of credit to the seniors like Campbell Sana just all of them they were they had that driving factor that they wanted to get back to state because they had won their freshman year yeah I I have to give them a lot of credit they were such great leaders they took all the new girls under their wings like Paige Emma Romy Maisie and all those girls they just took them underneath their wing and they led them so well. And I think a lot of us played club together, like in the DA and stuff. So yep. I think that helped us have that bond because we knew how to like click with each other and just play. I think it was just like the desire to want to prove ourselves and just be a competitor that right. we knew we could be so yeah, yeah. and 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 both Sana and and Campbell scored some some great goals and obviously yes. just just some good play from from you all like when it mattered I think that was the fun thing about watching Millard North last year you all, all you always seem to rise to the level of the team that you were playing against um what was the message like from the coaches like in those moments like what, what um, were they saying to you when you were coming up against the you know the Gretna's um 
of, of the state? They said to play our game, just saying that we could beat them. And they were just so, very positive and just saying to play our game, just just be ourselves. And we have nothing to prove to anyone else because we were the eighth seed. No one expected us to go that far. Right, right. I don't, yeah. I don't, I thought, honestly, I don't think anyone expected us to beat Gretna in the district finals. Right. No, it was, so. that, was that was, that was a shock. Um, you know, you had a nice run in the Metro tournament, had a nice run in the district tournament, had a nice run at the state tournament, which was really exciting to watch and a good storyline for high school. So putting high school aside for a second, you could, you're currently at the University of South Alabama. Yes. I remember at the same game when I was talking to your dad, he goes, yeah, Ocean's committed to University of South Alabama. And I'll be honest, I didn't know anything about U- USA. And uh, I, I was like, Alabama? And I, I, cause in my mind, I'm just thinking like the South. Um, but then he's like, go, go look at it. Go look at the campus, go look at mobile. Like when you get home and I did, and I was like, it's beautiful. It's a super cool campus. You're on, there's a, yeah. you're on the beach. Like, yep. Um, what, what was your recru- recruiting process like, or how did, how did University of South Alabama come into the picture? Like, how did that work? So I was actually at a camp for Tulsa. Okay. And the funny thing is, is that my dad likes to talk to people. Yes, and he does. <laughs> so he ended up talking to this gentleman and he told my dad about South Alabama because his daughter really liked it, but they didn't show that much interest in her. So my dad being the crazy soccer dad that he is decided that we were going to come, that we were going to come down to South Alabama. And I honestly, the first time I stepped on the campus and I met the coaches, I absolutely fell in love with the campus and just, I loved, I loved like the area because I wanted to get out of the Midwest. I didn't really care where it was. I just didn't want to be in the Midwest anymore. I, I don't like the cold. Something I, new, something yeah, new. Yeah, I, I wanted a new experience. Like I wanted to experience a different culture in a way because I'll be honest, the people I have met, it's like the accents, like the food, <laughs> even just like the words, like the word choices and everything is completely different. Mm-hmm. So I wanted, I just wanted to change the scenery. I think that was one, another yeah. of the driving factors for me. But anyway, well, back to that. Yeah, that, that's um, so. Yeah, so they, your dad kind of did the research, and then yeah, how did how did how did you get in front of them, or how did they get a hold of you? Did they see you play? Did you go to their camp? I we went to their camp. Okay, and I was still they weren't able to, you know, recruit me yet because of the rules and stuff. So they talked with my coach, Alex Mason at the Mm -hmm. time, excuse me. Um, They talked with Alex and they showed interest. And then we were still playing in the DA at the time. So we were, we went down and played in Florida Okay. and they came and watched me play there. And then as soon as I was eligible, for recruiting yeah for communication that june 15th yeah yes um i committed that day that morning to them i didn't really i didn't i knew i wanted to go there and they wanted me here so i committed here i my recruiting story isn't that exciting because i knew where i wanted to go but it's super cool it's super cool because you you knew where you wanted to go but it's it's kind of something different because i'm guessing i'm guessing i wasn't the only one when you said yeah university of south alabama did people did people look at you funny or be like why there 
Yeah, so that's a lot of people wondered why like Alabama. So South Alabama, they're top of the Sun Belt. They've won it three consecutive times in a row now, and they compete in the NTA tournament every yep. year. Which so that's every, I, play, every player wants to do that. Yeah, so I wanted to go into a strong program and have a massive impact on it. And I wanted to be able to play in the NCAA tournament because I, I always thought it was cool. And they're actually re the Sunbelt's getting new teams this coming yep. fall. Yep. There's, so, some conf- there's some conference realignment happening. So that's yep. exciting for the, the conference. So yeah, it should be interesting. Um, what, uh, what's been, what's been your, like the favorite thing about your adjustment from, from high school to college, like what's been like the, the coolest thing for you to, to experience down there? Um, I'd have to say just the overall atmosphere I'm experiencing on the team and just being around like like-minded players and I'm challenged every day. We have practice every day. It's a very, not a strict schedule, but we have a very structured, schedule. Yes, yeah, very yeah. structured schedule, which I really like. Like we're lifting almost every day. We're playing every day. Do you have study have hall? The- I don't actually because it's our spring season. Okay. So it's more relaxed right now. But in the fall, I'm pretty sure I'll have a study hall because I'll still be a freshman. Right. So, but. So moving kind of back, you graduated in December. So not only did you leave the country for a little bit during your high school time, but you also, um, you know, you also left high school early. What, uh, what, what was the decision behind that? And, and, and has that been a hard decision, like missing out on some of the high school things? Um, I'm going to have to say it hasn't been that difficult for me because okay. I had already left high school before. Yep. So I was kind of, I wanted to start the new chapter, a new chapter of my life. Mm-hmm. I think as much as high school was fun, I, it's only for such a short amount of time, like to me, prom and homecoming and just like that type of stuff wasn't very appealing to me. I mean, I enjoyed it when I went, like I went to my senior homecoming and everything, but I don't, I don't really care that I'm missing prom. I mean, it, it would be fun to go with all my friends and stuff, but it's, I'm also, I'm working towards my dreams and my goals. And like, I have things that I want to achieve yeah, it was it was funny. That are more I, important. Yeah, when I talked to Lolo Anglum, she kind of had you know she left early for Nebraska, and she kind of had said the same thing as you're saying. Like, yeah, this stuff's fun. I'm gonna miss some of it, but I know what I want, and and yeah. my dream my dreams are a little bit bigger than even high school soccer and prom and all the all these fun things um, that I get to do in high school. But but it's very cool, and I'm very excited for you because um, in my side position I work as a recruiting you know individual as well and we always talk about finding the right fit and it's really cool to hear someone who has found their right fit and just like excited about every aspect the program the school um everything like that and so my last question is what do you what do you have you decided on a major yet what are you studying at South Alabama so I am a speech and hearing science major okay 
So I will intern at my dad's um, business this summer yep. and just work underneath his license. Is that okay. that's the plan? Because he works with hearing loss and stuff like that. Yep. So very cool. That's that's what I'm studying. Going into the family business a little bit. Yes. All right, and then you're coming back this summer. Yes. Not just to work and intern and everything like that, but you were also announced as a as a member of the new Sporting Nebraska UWS team. Um, the roster's coming along nicely. It's going to be players from all different schools, colleges, some players who have some history from the Omaha Lincoln area, some players who have never played their youth time here at all. Are you excited about that or what like what are you looking forward to in that with like with that experience um I'm excited to have like a new challenge be on a new team again because I know a couple of the girls that are going to be playing on it because mm -hmm. I played with them at sporting yep they were just a couple years older but I'm I'm excited for the challenge I think it'll be exciting to play with different types of girls that I've that I don't know. And I like, I, I like the learning experience that I'm going to have. I'm going to get to play with completely different styles of play and just different people. So it'll be fun. I'm excited for it. I, I think the one thing that you have been done that can show younger players, and I, I'd like you to speak about this a little bit more is you've never been afraid of a new experience. Mm -hmm. I even like look back at when you were younger, like seventh grade ocean coming to a college ID camp at Wayne state doesn't care. You know what I mean? Like you're coming, you're doing all these things that are different. What would you say to people about new experiences or, or players who are unsure of, of taking that jump for an experience that might be out of their comfort zone? I, I think it's important to be uncomfortable and that's still something I'm learning today. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to put yourself out there, even if it is scary, if you're willing to work hard, and dream big. I think you can achieve so much in in life, and it it will reflect on you as a person. Also, I I like to challenge myself and just being in new areas and just getting like those new experiences will shape you into the person you want to be. No matter what the outcome is, there's always a positive to the new experiences. Yeah, I think. I I like that. The risks. I like that. You said, yeah, take the chances knowing that there it's not always going to work out perfectly, but there's always going to be a positive in it. You've obviously had a really supportive family. Yes. Um, and, and, and that's going to be kind of my last question is what is it like, or what was it like um, growing up with, you know, you said, you said your dad was a crazy soccer dad, but he, he's a, he was a, a soccer, or he is, I don't know, a soccer coach. Um, yes. That's how I first met him was I was recruiting some of his players from the high school and the club and stuff like that. What was that like um, growing up at, with a, a dad who is, is so invested in the game and knowledgeable about the game? Um, it was an amazing experience. I, I owe a lot to my, both my parents, honestly, they've been nothing but supportive. They've done absolutely everything they can to support me and get me to where I want to go. And growing up with my dad being a coach, it kind of, it gave me, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it basically, I had someone that I could go to when I needed information. Like I didn't always have to like go to my coach. I had another option 
to learn from. I, I learned a lot from my dad and because, because he is a crazy soccer dad, <laughs> that I lengths to get me to my games, no matter what, how many hours it is or anything. He, he always showed me new skills that I wanted to learn. He always, he was always called me. He's like, Ocean, I have a new move. I want to show you all the, like the <laughs> pop-up skills, juggling, no matter what. My dad was always challenging me and my dad has always pushed me no matter what. Even during times like when I doubt myself, he's always there to tell me you wouldn't you wouldn't be where you are if you weren't good enough. You know, so just to have the support system that I do have, I'm very grateful for my parents. Even my mom, my mom didn't play any sports when she was growing up, but my mom has been nothing but supportive, too. And I think it's also good to mention her because she she is so supportive. Well, it's nice to have that balance, right? Yes. Because like if you have sometimes if you have parents who are both like super crazy sports parents, it's kind of of a lot. So it's kind of nice having that someone who's supportive, but not someone who's going to be, you know, soccer, soccer, soccer all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's great. But that's great to hear. And it's always it's always nice to hear, you know, your dad's been helpful for me and when I was a college coach recruiting. And then it was always it was always funny. And I always like this when I see parents doing things like he was doing, you weren't playing and he's there taking pictures of your teammates mm-hmm. and still supporting the team. And, and like, I always saw the support that he had for you, but it was always nice to see the support he had for the players he coached, but also your teammates. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to keep you too much longer. Thanks for joining uh, me today. I hope you're enjoying the warmer weather down in uh, Mobile, Alabama, instead of the freezing cold we have up here in Omaha, Nebraska right now. Um, we wish you the best of luck in the spring season. I know that's exciting. That's going to be exciting getting on the field and possibly playing against a couple outside teams. Do you know who you play this weekend or the, not this weekend, but this spring? Um, yes, we have five games total. Okay. I have to look. Oh, that's okay. okay. No problem. What's your, what, what, uh, are there, are you playing any big name teams or is it, is it kind of teams from the area? Um, they're teams from the area. I, okay. The farthest that we go is Louisiana. Okay. Well, a little but. bit different. A little bit different than the Nebraska and the Midwest road trips, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, good luck this spring. We'll see you in the summer uh, with Sporting UWS, and then we look forward to following your progress um, at uh, University of South Alabama, and hopefully have you back on as a check-in sometime in the next year and, and see how things go. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate Ocean Chosen coming on the podcast. She's come a long way since she was a seventh grader showing up to my Wayne State College ID camps. Uh, We wish her the best of luck and we look forward to following her progress down at the University of South Alabama. Thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And also, if you can, become a Patreon or support us via our Venmo. And be sure to tune in next week for more Nebraska Soccer Talk.